morning. It is Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Happy Wednesday, everybody. We've uh, made it halfway through the week. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental Covers Me. Com. And a lot to cover today, and uh, we would like your participation, 603-224-1450, and uh, two questions uh, of the day. If you would like to respond, we would love to hear from you. First-time callers, always encouraged, 603-224-1450. Will you be watching tonight's GOP primary debate from the Reagan Library uh, in California, the second GOP primary debate. That's question number one. The second question related, have you met a presidential candidate as yet on the New Hampshire primary campaign trail? Have you met a presidential candidate or perhaps candidates uh, as yet on the New Hampshire primary trail. 603-224-1450. Kale and Company live right here on WKXL, 1450 on the AM dial, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and well beyond, almost to the Massachusetts border. But when you cross that border and get into Massachusetts, you can always uh, catch us on nhtalkradio.com. In fact, you can Catch us anywhere on nhtalkradio.com as we stream around the world and around the clock on this Wednesday, September the 27th, which happens to be, believe it or not, Cat, today has been designated as Morning Show Hosts Day. No kidding. It is true. We'll I don't know. put something online. I don't know why they picked this particular day. Uh, It's inexplicable, but September 27th, Morning Show Hosts Day. I guess, you know, we, like everyone else, uh, you know, uh, can enjoy a day and uh, have something uh, celebrated in our honor as uh, Morning Show Radio Hosts. It's also National Chocolate Milk Day and World School Milk Day. I, I don't know if kids bring milk money to school anymore. I imagine they do. I miss those days. I know. Drinking milk out of a carton was just the best. And, and you know, once in a while, uh, as I mentioned, this is also National Chocolate Milk Day. Once in a while, and I, I never knew how they decided when it happened, they would have uh, chocolate milk. Uh, once, in, once in a while, in, uh, in the school I went to, the elementary school in uh, Melrose, Massachusetts, Roosevelt School, where uh, my granddaughter goes now, uh, it, I, they had chocolate milk once in a while. Like half the uh, container, half uh, the carton uh, that they brought the milk in would be uh, in a regular milk, and then half of it would be chocolate milk. But that would only happen once once in a while, maybe once a month. I don't know how they determine which day. But <laughs> I, I always remember uh, bringing in milk money to school. It was 25 cents a week. So like five cents a day, you got a uh, carton of milk. 
And, uh, you know, the teachers always used to check, you know, did you bring your milk money? Did you bring your milk money? But, uh, yeah, that was uh, one of the things uh, that I always remembered and uh, was always happy when it was, in fact, Chocolate Milk Day. It's also National Corned Beef Hash Day, National Crush a Can Day, National Day of Forgiveness, National Women's Health and Fitness Day, and World Tourism Day. World Tourism Day is being celebrated on this, the 27th day of September. And uh, as we mentioned, the highly anticipated second Republican presidential primary debate set for tonight in California, where seven presidential hopefuls will go to battle against each other in the contest for the GOP nomination. The debate, which will take place at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library, in Simi Valley, California, will be televised on the Fox Business Network and Univision from 9 to 11 p.m. The White House contenders in alphabetical order are North Dakota Governor uh, Doug Burgum, who was not uh, in that first presidential debate which took place, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, former Vice President Mike Pence, biotech entrepreneur and uh, political commentator Vivek Ramaswamy, and Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina. Standing at the center of the stage will be DeSantis and uh, Haley and uh, Ramaswamy on either side of the uh, Florida governor. Uh, Christie, who's making a second big a bid for the GOP presidential nomination, and Scott, will be standing beside Haley and Ramaswamy. And standing on the wings of the debate stage will be Burgum and Pence. A Republican National Committee release from early June stated that qualified candidates will be placed on stage according to polling, with the highest polling candidate in the center, and that right now is Ron DeSantis. RNC Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel said the second debate is another opportunity for the RNC to share our diverse candidate field with the American people. The Republican Party is united around one common goal, and that is beating Biden. And uh, there is no better place to showcase our conservative vision for the future than the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. That, according to RNC Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel. Now, to participate uh, in the second debate, candidates uh, needed to reach polling and donor thresholds set by the Republican National Committee. Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, who did qualify for the first debate in Milwaukee last month, did not qualify for tonight's showdown. Hutchinson, Hutchinson though, says that he will continue his campaign. And candidates were also required to sign a pledge to support the eventual Republican presidential nominee. Now, notably absent from the stage, again, will be former President Donald Trump, who holds a massive lead over the Republican primary field. Trump did not sign the pledge. The most recent Fox News poll shows 60% of Republican primary voters supporting Trump, 
for the GOP nomination. That's up from 53% in the last survey, which took place in August. The only other candidates to receive double-digit support in that poll are DeSantis at 13% and Ramaswamy at 11%. And Nikki Haley sits at 5%, with Mike Pence and Tim Scott at 3% each, Christie polling at 2%, with the remaining GOP candidates receiving less than 1%. And according to a new Washington Post-ABC poll from over the weekend, Trump is currently leading President Biden by 10 points in a head-to-head general election survey among voters. And that's uh, pretty much reflected in some surveys recently taken uh, in New Hampshire as well. Nikki Haley sitting at 5%, as we said, but has made some substantial gains in the Granite State. Meanwhile, uh, Biden's approval rating sits at 37%, according to that Washington Post-ABC poll, while 56% of respondents disapprove of his presidency. Among those who failed to qualify for the uh, second debate and who also did not make the stage for the first debate are 2022 Michigan gubernatorial candidate Perry Johnson, former CIA agent and former representative Will Hurd of Texas, also Larry Elder, who was on this show, a former nationally syndicated radio host who was a candidate in California's 2021 gubernatorial recall election. Miami Mayor Francis Suarez suspended his campaign after failing to qualify for the first debate. So the debate tonight, and my question to you today is, will you be watching? The debate tonight on the Fox Business Network. That starts at 9 o'clock. Will you be watching? And secondly, have you met a presidential candidate or perhaps candidates as yet on the New Hampshire primary campaign trail? If you'd like to respond, we would love to hear from you this morning. 603-224-1450. 603-224-1450. It is Kale and Company Live right here. WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We will be right back. Ellen Company Live returns right here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com for this Wednesday morning, 1450 on the AM dial. 1039 FM in the Capital Region, 1019 FM in Manchester and beyond. And tell your friends about this show, live show on WKXL 8 to 9, every weekday morning, Monday through Friday. And a delight to have you with us. And if you would like to uh, be a part of the show, you can call in right now, 603-224-1450. Just like our AM signal, it has been around for oh, well over 77 years now. And uh, again, will you be watching tonight's GOP presidential primary debate from the Reagan Library in Simi Valley, California? And uh, have you met one of the presidential candidates? They have certainly been around in New Hampshire. You're probably receiving a lot of mail 
from these candidates, and uh, also text messages, emails, you name it. Uh, and uh, so they, they have been uh, getting out there in the state of New Hampshire, first in the nation uh, Republican presidential primary. We're not exactly sure uh, when it's going to be, but uh, the Iowa caucuses will be held uh, in, uh, in January, we're assuming, on a Monday, and then the following Tuesday we'll have the uh, New Hampshire primary, but we're not uh, certain of the dates uh, just yet. In uh, sports uh, yesterday, a sad story, and that is that uh, Hall of Fame third baseman Brooks Robinson, whose incredible glove work and folksy manner made him one of the most beloved and accomplished athletes in Baltimore history, has died. He was 86 years of age. His family and the Orioles uh, had a, a joint statement, and they said, We are deeply saddened to share the news of the passing of Brooks Robinson an integral part of our Orioles family since 1955. He will continue to leave a lasting impact on our club, our community, and the sport of baseball. The statement did not say how Robinson died. He was, again, 86 years of age. And uh, when I was growing up and uh, starting to uh, follow baseball, uh, he was one of my favorite players. In fact... I had a Brooks Robinson glove, but yeah, I mean, you know, one of those things that are pre-signed and in the bottom of the glove. I mean, he didn't sign it personally. I never met Brooks Robinson, but he was one of my favorite players. But the Brooks Robinson glove certainly didn't do for me what it did for him. Uh, he was just an amazing third baseman. I've never seen a third baseman like him before or since. Orioles held a, a moment of silence before their game against the Washington Nationals, and the teams lined up outside their dugouts to uh, pay their respects. And before the game, fans gathered around the nine-foot bronze statue of Robinson inside Camden Yards. Uh, coming of age before the free agent era, Robinson spent his entire 23-year career with the Orioles, and he almost single-handedly helped Baltimore defeat Cincinnati in the 1970 World Series, and he homered in Game 1 of the Orioles' 1966 sweep of the L.A. Dodgers for their first World Series championship. Now, Robinson was in 18 All-Star games. He was the 1964 American League Most Valuable Player after batting 318 with 28 home runs and a league-leading 118 RBIs. He finished his career with 268 home runs, 1,357 RBIs, and a respectable 267 batting average in 2,896 career games. But he will forever be remembered for his work ethic and the skill displayed at the hot corner third base, where he established himself as one of the finest fielding third basemen in baseball history, whether charging slow rollers or snaring line drives down the third baseline, he could do it all. And as a result, he was known as the human vacuum cleaner. He won 16 consecutive gold gloves, second only to pitcher Greg Maddox's 18 for most by a player at one position. Robinson also places third in the career defensive war which is uh, 
a baseball ranking in, in terms of uh, wins above replacement. It's very difficult to explain, but his career defensive war at 39.1 is uh, only behind uh, Ozzie Smith and Mark Belanger, who, by the way, was uh, Robinson's teammate for 13 years with the Orioles. I remember that great left side of the infield with uh, Mark Belanger from Pittsfield, Massachusetts, at shortstop, could play it like none other. And you've got the great Brooks Robinson at third. Nothing got through that left side of the uh, Baltimore Orioles infield for those 13 years. So uh, remember that uh, combination very well in Baltimore. And uh, Brooks Robinson uh, certainly, uh, probably I would say along with Johnny Unitas, the top two athletes in the history of Baltimore, and Brooks left us yesterday at the age of 86. Ironically enough, today marks the 74th birthday of one of the great third basemen in baseball history, Michael Jack Schmidt of the Philadelphia Phillies, 74 years old today, and he's a Hall of Famer as well. And uh, he was in the class of 1995, inducted into the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York, in 1995. He hit a career 548 home runs. And I remember, I mean, this is how old I am. I remember when Michael Jack Schmidt played for the Reading Phillies, AA Eastern League team at Gill Stadium in Manchester against the Manchester Yankees. And uh, Mike Schmidt and Greg Luzinski, along with Bob Boone, were all in that incredible Reading Phillies lineup in uh, 1970. And they would hit some mammoth shots out of Gill Stadium. Uh, A couple of them, especially by the bull, uh, Greg Luzinski, uh, landed on top of the roof at the neighboring uh, JFK Coliseum in uh, Manchester back in 1970. So that Reading Phillies uh, lineup was stacked with uh, Greg, Greg Luzinski, Mike Schmidt, who was celebrating a birthday today, and Bob Boone, who is the father of current Yankee manager, uh, Aaron Boone. That Boone family has certainly made their mark uh, in baseball. We're happy to have you with us on this uh, Wednesday morning. It is Kale and Company Live, Ken Rosenthal, one of baseball's foremost authorities, appeared on a podcast yesterday and uh, provided an update on the future of the much-talked-about Shohei Otani. And Otani is expected to receive, of course, a lucrative contract this offseason, and rightfully so. The former MVP had 44 home runs and 95 runs batted in for the Angels this year before having to uh, cut his season short. Uh, because of uh, elbow issues and uh, other issues as well uh, in terms of his uh, physical capabilities. He also had a 10-5 and record on the mound with a 3.14 ERA uh, prior, uh, prior to suffering a torn ACL. And according to Rosenthal, the Dodgers and the Mets are expected to be the two favorites in the Otani sweepstakes this offseason. Rosenthal said the Dodgers have been the favorite for a long time. 
or at least a team we thought would definitely be in the mix. And he said, I cannot rule out the Mets. I cannot see Steve Cohen, who is the Mets owner, simply passing on Shohei Otani, end quote. Rosenthal also mentioned a few other teams, but they're not considered frontrunners like the Mets or the Dodgers. He did mention the Giants, the Texas Rangers, and the Seattle Mariners as at least possibilities. I don't believe he mentioned the Boston Red Sox. But boy, wouldn't that be fun, huh, to have uh, Shohei Otani in a Red Sox uniform. He is not expected to pitch next season because he uh, underwent surgery on his uh, right UCL. Not expected to pitch, pitch next season, but he is expected to return by opening day as a hitter. So he'll probably spend the uh, 2024 season as a designated hitter and then in 2025 return to his dual role as a pitcher and a DH. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, some people think, some of the experts believe that Otani could make up to $600 million over the next 10 years from uh, some uh, major league team. And Ken Rosenthal says it will probably be the Mets or the Dodgers. We shall see how it all plays out. We'll take a break. It's Kale and Company Live. We'd love to hear from you. 603-224-1450. Right here at WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. This program proudly presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We will be right back. Kale and Company Live here on WKXLNHTalkRadio.com for a Wednesday we are delighted to have you along with us wherever you may be. And, of course, you can find us anywhere you travel at nhtalkradio.com. Over the air at 1450 AM, 103.9 FM uh, in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester. And, again, uh, two questions uh, before you today. Will you be watching tonight's GOP primary debate? which will uh, feature seven of the uh, GOP candidates. Donald Trump will uh, not be there for the second consecutive debate. And uh, have you met one of the uh, presidential candidates or multi-presidential uh, candidates as yet here on the New Hampshire presidential primary campaign trail? They're, they've been here now for a few months, and uh, very easy to meet them if you if you want to. They've been in... Uh, parades, they've conducted town halls, they're out there at the malls, and, uh, you know, uh, they're they're out there, and uh, I had an opportunity to, to see uh, Tim Scott uh, at uh, St. Anselm College, very impressive, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy at the uh, Phoenix Theater in downtown Concord, and then uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago had the, uh, the great honor, really, uh, to meet uh, former President Mike Pence, former Vice President Mike Pence, I should say, if I if I said president, it was a Freudian slip, I guess. But the former Vice President Mike Pence, uh, who is uh, you know, just a, a just seemingly a very down to earth, nice guy, met him at a at a get together 
uh, on uh, Sheep Davis Road uh, in uh, Concord a few weeks ago. Well, New Hampshire is joining 16 other states and the Federal Trade Commission in suing Amazon. That is correct, folks. Suing Amazon. Uh, can you believe this? This is from uh, WMUR-TV, Ross Ketchke, uh, the author of this, uh, this article. And uh, why are they suing Amazon? It's over allegations that the uh, online retailer used its position to inflate prices and overcharge sellers. Now, according to John Formella, who's the New Hampshire Attorney General, he said on Tuesday, Amazon uses its monopoly power to stifle competition and also force small businesses online to pay enormous fees and force small businesses to inflate the price they charge consumers. That, according to John Formella. Suit argues that Amazon... Amazon unfairly buries search results for third-party sellers for both large and small businesses that sell products on their platform. There are more than half a million third-party sellers on Amazon. The Attorney General said it's going to take a team effort to take on the tech giant. Sixteen other states have filed lawsuits as well. Formello went on to say there are different laws in different states, so when states team up, they have more options to bring cases against companies that, uh, that and harming our consumers and our businesses. According to uh, Formella, in a written response, Amazon called the suit an overreaching and misguided approach to antitrust, which would harm consumers. Formella stated the opposite. He said, when only a few companies dominate the online space, they have the ability to use illegal means to take advantage of our consumers and businesses. We're standing up to protect our consumers and businesses from that. So it'll be interesting to see where this uh, lawsuit goes against Amazon as New Hampshire has joined 16 other states for uh, what they believe is anti-competitive behavior exhibited by Amazon. There's a website out there called Niche, niche niche.com. And according to new uh, rankings from the uh, educational platform, niche.com, several New Hampshire schools are among the best public schools in America. Niche's uh, 2024 Best Schools and District Rankings include data on over 94,000 public schools and about 31,000 private schools and 12,000-plus school districts. This year's rankings include 7,375 newly ranked public schools and below, I'm going to be reading you a list here, the top 25 public high schools in New Hampshire, according to Niche, N-I-C-H-E, Niche.com. Want to hear them? Here they are. I'll take it from uh, take it from 25 on up to number one. Wish we had a drum roll for number one, but I don't think we do. Uh, number 25 on the list here in New Hampshire, Concord High School. Number 24, Nashua High School North. Number 23, Manchester Central High School. 
Number 22, Dover Senior High. Number 21 is Kearsarge Regional High School. That is in Sutton, New Hampshire. Number 20 is Salem. Number 19, Winnicott High School in Hampton. Number 18, Goffstown High School. Number 17 is Hopkinton High School. Number 16 is Exeter High. Number 15, Moultonboro Academy. Number 14 is Lebanon High School. Number 13, Profile Senior High School in Bethlehem, New Hampshire. Number 12, Nashua High School South. That's the one you see when you uh, travel on the Ever Turnpike uh, in Nashua. Number 11, Sunapee Senior High School. Number 10, Bow High School. Number 9, Londonderry Senior High School. Number 8, Cobrown Northwood Academy. Number 7, Wyndham High School. Number 6 is Sauhegan Cooperative High School in Amherst. Number five, Portsmouth High School. Number four, Bedford High. Number three, Hollis Brookline High School. Number two in the Upper Valley, Hanover High School. And the top-rated high school in the state of New Hampshire is the Academy for Science and Design in Nashua. So there you go. Those are the top 25 uh, high schools in the state of New Hampshire. Niche set its rankings now in their ninth year differ from others in the fact that they rely almost exclusively on test scores and academic performance in that it also includes input from students, alumni, and parents, as well as uh, data from sources such as the U.S. Department of Education to evaluate teachers, resources, and facilities. The company said its rankings were created to provide families with valuable and uh, uh, lots of information on schools in their area or in a neighborhood they're not familiar with. As in previous years, the best schools rankings include categories for boarding, charter and magnet schools, as well as schools for STEM and the arts, among many others. So well, there you go. Again, the top-ranked high school in the state of New Hampshire, the Academy for Science and Design in Nashua. So uh, congratulations uh, to them for being number one on the, uh, on the rankings from niche, N-I-C-H-E, dot com. Hey, there is going to be a full harvest supermoon. Uh, this week. Uh, traditionally, the full moon that takes place uh, nearest to the uh, northern autumn equinox has been known as the harvest moon in Europe and North America for centuries. The bright moon's light was welcomed as it helped farmers continue to harvest their bounty beyond sunset. In 2023, the harvest moon may be up to 30% brighter because this particular full moon is also a supermoon, or as astronomers put it more scientifically and arguably more poetically, at uh, perigee syngee, S-Y-Z-Y-G-Y, perigee syngee, 
I'm not sure exactly what that means or translates to, but no matter what you call it, uh, this is when the moon is full and also at its closest point to the Earth in its oval-shaped orbit. The result is a full moon that can appear as much as 15% larger in the sky than a typical full moon, reflecting around an additional third more light from the sun into the uh, nighttime sky. So we'll be uh, on the lookout for that. This year, we get uh, four supermoons in succession in only three months, starting with one in July, followed by two in August, and ending with this supermoon coming up on Friday, September 29th. It's uh, actually not that unusual for supermoons to come all in a row like this. It will happen again next year with four supermoons between August and November. So uh, so there you go. It says uh, it's one of the easiest and most convenient celestial events to experience firsthand. In most cases, it will be as simple as venturing outside around sunset and turning your back to the setting sun. A full moon will be rising to the east 180 degrees in the opposite direction, although the exact moment depends on your location and your local topography. Not only does this twilight moment typically fall at a part of the day that's a little less hectic and more comfortable temperature-wise, it's also the best time to see a supermoon in the night sky. This is due to something called the moon illusion, which causes the full moon to appear larger when it's closer to the horizon. So combine the effect of the moon illusion with the size boost and the supermoon harvest moon this Friday is set to be pretty spectacular as it rises shortly after sunset. So bear that in mind. It's a spectacular sight. And uh, we have to take a break right now. It's Kale and Company Live, WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. We are presented by... Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Hale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. It is great to have you with us on this Wednesday, whether you're listening on 1450 on the AM dial, 1039 FM in Concord, 1019 FM in Manchester, or around the world, around the clock, on NHTalkRadio.com. An absolute delight that you could join us today. Right here on the program, we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. Well, as we've been mentioning uh, here on the show today, 9 o'clock tonight, it'll be a Republican presidential primary debate number two. This one taking place at the Ronald Reagan Library in Simi Valley, California. New poll conducted by the St. Anselm College Survey Center at the New Hampshire Institute of Politics finds uh, former President Donald Trump leading his closest challengers by a three-to-one margin among New Hampshire presidential primary likely voters. Forty-five percent of respondents expressed their preference for Trump on the ballot. A 30-point lead over his closest challenger, former United Nations Ambassador, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. In the wake of the first Republican presidential candidate debate, Haley has moved into second place behind Trump with 15% support. 
She is now the leading alternative to Trump in the state, besting New Jersey Governor Chris Christie on the ballot test among respondents who have an unfavorable impression of the former president, 32 to 29%. She carries a 37-point net positive favorability, second only to uh, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, suggesting she has room to grow her support. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has seen his support decline by 18 points since March and now trails Haley with 11%, slightly ahead of former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie at 10%. Just 11% of respondents with a favorable opinion of Trump select DeSantis on the ballot test, along with 12% that have an unfavorable opinion of Trump, suggesting that he doesn't appeal to either group strongly enough to have maintained his early status as Trump's strongest challenger. Former Governor Chris Christie has succeeded in branding himself as the harshest critic of Trump, but at a cost. Although he has picked up support of 29% of respondents who have an unfavorable impression of Trump, he has virtually no support from respondents who view Trump favorably. His 46-point net negative favorability will likely put a hard ceiling on his potential growth in the primary process. New Hampshire Institute of Politics Executive Director Neil Levesque stated, as in 2016, opposition to Trump is diluted over several candidates, preventing the consolidation that would be necessary to deny him a third straight nomination. Furthermore, a fractured field means the eventual Republican nominee will have to work to consolidate their support against President Joe Biden if he stands for re-election. Only 46% of the Republican, uh, Republican primary voters tested say they would vote for Christie in a general election matchup with Biden. 73% would vote for DeSantis. 74% would vote for Trump or Haley. And 76% would support Tim Scott. This reflects a deep polarization in the primary electorate between supporters and detractors of Trump, according to uh, Neil Levesque. Results from a uh, St. Anselm College survey poll based on online surveys of 931 New Hampshire Republican presidential primary likely voters. Surveys were collected between September 19th and 20th, 2023, from cell phone users randomly drawn from a sample of registered voters reflecting the demographic and partisan characteristics of the voting population. So good news in that poll, or at least some positivity, for uh, Nikki Haley, who is uh, moving up after her performance in the first uh, debate of the primary season. Tonight will be number two. We'll see if she can sustain that uh, that favorability and move up more in the polling. Of course, uh, former President Trump will not be there tonight in Simi, California. He has not signed the pledge to support whoever the Republican nominee might be when it's all said and done, when the primary process uh, has concluded. So uh, Donald Trump and his unwillingness 
to uh, sign that pledge will keep him out of uh, tonight's debate. And I don't think he's too concerned about that with the uh, poll numbers uh, that he has. And he'll be uh, making stops in Michigan uh, today to address uh, voters there. Police are investigating the death of a former NFL player, Mike Williams, in Tampa after getting information that he might have received unprescribed drugs from someone while hospitalized after a construction site accident. The Tampa Police Department said in an email Tuesday that the probe involves unprescribed narcotics by an outside party. Williams died on September 12th at St. Joseph's Hospital in Tampa at the age of 36, just two weeks after he was injured in a construction accident that left him partially paralyzed. We take all allegations of criminal activity seriously, and detectives are working tirelessly on this active investigation, according to a Tampa police, first reported by the Tampa Bay Times. The Hillsborough County Medical Examiner's Office is also investigating the death. Williams, a fourth-round pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2010 after a standout collegiate career at Syracuse, he had 65 receptions for 964 yards and 11 touchdowns as a rookie and started 52 of the 54 games he appeared in over four seasons with Tampa Bay. Originally from Buffalo, Williams was traded to his hometown team in 2014. He played nine games, finishing with eight catches and 142 yards and one touchdown in his lone season with the Bills. He finished his career on the Kansas City Chiefs roster during the 2016 offseason. So uh, the investigation continues into the uh, death of former NFL receiver Mike Williams. Boston Bruins hockey season will be Opening before you know it, Bees played an exhibition game last night in Buffalo and lost to the Sabres by a score of 4-1. to one. The Bees will be hosting the Philadelphia Flyers on uh, Friday night at the TD Garden. Looking at the uh, Concord Monitor today, see an article here by uh, Jamie Costa, a new art gallery and event space on North State Street in Concord will open near the downtown area on Saturday featuring nature-themed displays from artists throughout the Northeast. The inaugural exhibition at Pillar, P-I-L-L-A-R, Gallery and Projects, titled Flora and Fauna, uh, incorporates work from nine artists that explores and celebrates regional foliage, as well as interpretations of eccentric and imagined organic organisms. The gallery will offer interactive displays and live music as part of its mission to create a gathering space for artists and members of the creative community in the region. So that new gallery is going to open on North State Street in Concord this Saturday. How about that? New art gallery in town. On that note, we will have to conclude today's edition of Kale & Company. We thank you very much for listening, and I hope you can join us tomorrow. If you miss some of this show or just want to hear it again, uh, you can tune in tonight to WKXL right after the uh, 7 o'clock news. Kale and Company live on WKXL presented by Northeast 
Delta Dental wants you to have a great Wednesday, folks, and always look on the bright side of life.